We hope you enjoy this message and that it encourages and inspires you. For more information, head to lifepointwithane.org.au. Well, let me say welcome to our service today. It's good to be here. And one thing we're looking at today is the Scripture says, don't just be hearers of the Word, but be doers of the Word. So part of our service today, as Lloyd alluded to before, was simply, I'm going to preach and be short-winded. And the service doesn't finish after I preach because we're going to have some great time left. And in that time, there's going to be opportunity for you to be prayed for. We're going to have our elders doing healing prayer up the back. We're going to have um, our prayer team praying for you and there may be some prophecy over you. And during that time, there'll be communion and worship happening as well. And for people online, you're going to be talking to Lloyd and Lloyd will be talking to you and be praying for you. And he'll explain some more about that a little bit later when he connects with you after the message. So listen carefully to the message because there's got to be a response to the message today and it's up to you to decide Where's your faith level to respond to what God is saying to you? Let me pray. Lord, this morning, I pray would you meet us. I ask Holy Spirit, would you give us faith to step up and believe all that Jesus has said? to grasp a fresh hold on the Word of God and what it means, to stand together on the promises of God from here to eternity. So Holy Spirit, just come, minister to us and speak, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If I'm talking about prayer, I need to talk a bit about communication. You know, communication can be tricky. Have you ever found communication tricky? When you try to communicate something to someone and they have got the complete different thing? Let's listen to some of these things. In a public building, there was this sign. Toilet out of order. Please use floor below. Welcome to the morning, everybody. (laughs) For those who are morning people, you got it. In a laundromat, automatic washing machines. Please remove all your clothes when the light goes out. (laughs) Just where the lights are out. Department store. Says bargain basement, upstairs. Outside a secondhand shop. Don't listen to this one, honey. We exchange washing machines, etc. Why not bring your wife along and get a wonderful bargain? (laughs) On a fence, farmer allows people to cross the field, but beware the bull charges. Hey, these are just normal signs, and yet the trickiness of communication, let alone when I talk about communicating with the all-sufficient, all-incredible, all-inspiring, all-knowing, all-powerful, all-amazing God. And as we're trying to to connect and communicate with God who created this whole universe, the God who could take this atmosphere above us right now in this building and probably create another thousand worlds if you wanted to. That's the God that we're talking about. That's the immensity of God. And somehow the immensity of God trying to communicate to us and us trying to communicate 
back to him in prayer, sometimes the communication gets fuzzy. And you wonder why sometimes prayer's hard, or I'm not sure what God is saying. How does God, with all his enormity, filter it down enough for simple me to understand? It's a bit like me walking along and treading on an ant's nest and feeling I was sorry that I trod on the ants. How would I communicate to those ants that I was sorry? So the problem is in prayer that it's really hard for God to sometimes get the message across to us because of the enormity of Him and how minute we are in the massive big picture. So that's level one. Level two, the Bible says that we have got an enemy trying to distract us, trying to distract us from the promises of God and all that God has. In John 10.10, the Bible says, The thief comes to kill, steal and destroy, but Jesus has come that you might have life and have it abundantly. There is a thief trying to kill, steal and destroy everything that God has for you. And don't doubt it because the Word of God clearly says it. 2 Corinthians 10.4 says, For the weapon of, of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely interests. We're destroying speculations and every lofty thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. There is a spiritual battle going on. So one, the enormity of God trying to relate to us. Two, we've got an enemy making all the ground fuzzy. And three, the Bible talks about our old nature and our new nature. We've got an old nature, which is the fleshly stuff that loves the flesh, loves sin, loves doing the wrong thing. When we come to Jesus, we have a new nature, a new nature that really wants to honour God and bless God and walk in the spirit and not gratify the desires of the flesh. And the battle goes on. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Anyone not had a battle with their flesh this week? That's the world we live in. So we're in the world, but not of the world. But living in the world, there's this battle going. So we have got these three layers happening to us every moment of every day. And we're trying to focus on what God is saying and be the people that God wants us to be. So we need to know this. We need to understand this. And we need to keep our focus on Jesus. Let me read Matthew 14. It's about Peter when he walks on the water to see Jesus. 5,000 people and a lot more with a few loaves and fishes. They saw the miracle of God in front of them as God multiplied so much. And then Jesus says to this, immediately Jesus made the disciples get out of the boat and go ahead of them to the other side while he went back and dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself. Later that night, he was alone. And the boat already a considerable distance from the land was buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. In other words, they're in a tremendous storm and they didn't like this storm. And here they were stuck in the storm by themselves thinking, are we going to make it? So shortly before dawn, Jesus got out, went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. They're following Jesus, they're trusting Jesus, seeing his miraculous power. Now they see Jesus in a place they don't expect him and they're terrified. How often do we get in circumstances where we get terrified, but God is in there and we miss him. 
We miss the communication that God is trying to communicate up to us. And sometimes we're asking God for, I just want a word, God, or I want a statement, and God gives incredible peace. And sometimes we miss that it's the peace in the midst of the storm that is God's communication. Sometimes it's the provision in the lack of everything you've got that is God's communication to you. Sometimes it's through God sending someone beside you and walking a part of the journey with you that is God's communication to you that you are loved. Don't always look for God's communication as four words or five words, but look for the the peace of God that passes all understanding in the midst of the storm, which the disciples hadn't got to quite yet. So as they saw Jesus, they said, it's a ghost. And they cried out because of awesome, incredible fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, don't be afraid. It's me. Maybe this morning you need to hear that. Take courage, don't be afraid. It's me. Jesus is there. And when the rock, the boat's the rockiest, that's when Jesus turns up. If it's you, Lord, Peter replied, he was the only one that said this, if it's you, Lord, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Wow, isn't that gutsy? All of a sudden, it all fell together. If Jesus is there in the midst of the storm, the safest place is to be with Jesus. If Jesus is there in the midst of the storm, the safest place is to be with Jesus. That could be a word for you this morning. (laughs) Then Peter got down out of the boat. The storm's raging. It's a small boat. It's a sailboat. Imagine him trying to get out of that boat when it's rocking and moving everywhere. Somehow he had to take the first step and probably wait till the boat tipped a bit so he could hit the water. Imagine the faith that it took to take the first step to get out of that boat, to get onto an ocean that was full of waves. Quite often I see a picture in my mind of a still water and Peter, and we see pictures of that, Peter walking towards towards Jesus in one of the worst storms and the greatest waves you've ever seen. Jesus does waves well. If there's waves in your life at the moment, Jesus does waves really, really well. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and he began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they had climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him saying, truly, you are the Son of God. They were far safer in the storm in God's will than what they would have been on the shore with the crowds out of God's will. And sometimes when storms come and there are challenges in our lives, you're far safer to be in those challenges and those storms in the center of God's will, doing His plans and purposes, being a child of God, than what you are outside of His will and still trying to get on and having the easy road. The Bible says there's one road, it's very narrow, that those who follow that narrow road, God is there and that's where the blessing is. 
And there's a sense today, I really believe, because of our, our battles that go on, we're looking for the wide road. We're looking for the wide road because we want the easy road. But Jesus isn't on the wide road. Jesus is on the narrow road. I wasn't going to say all this, but I will. Jesus is on the narrow road. As we, as we walk on that narrow road and the tough road and the difficult road, that Jesus is there because we see His power. That's when we need Him. That's when we lean into Him. That's when we trust Him in those times. That's where He is. So if your road is narrow, Jesus is there. I'd prefer to be on a narrow road trusting Jesus than on the wide road having fun where He isn't. Because I'm far safer where Jesus is and His protection is around me and His plans and purpose encompass me than what I am away from Him. Peter realised that. That's why he wanted to get out of the boat and to be with Jesus. Sometimes we think our circumstances give us security, but they never will because they'll forever change. The only thing in our life that won't change is the love of God for you, that He's with you, He's got a plan and purpose for you, and He absolutely loves you. So as we do the journey in life, and this is what I really want to highlight here today, is the adversary, the enemy, is doing all that he can to try and stop us from trusting God and walking with God and being where we need to be. We need to realise that we are in a spiritual battle. The Bible clearly says there's a spiritual battle. And what's happening in the spiritual battle, I firmly believe that the enemy who came to kill, steal and destroy is doing everything he can to rob our faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. But with faith, God is pleased and God is blessed. That's why the narrow road is important because that's where faith is used and that's where it is. So in this war, Understand the enemy is trying to undermine your joy. He's doing everything he can to stop you from realising your potential. And the greatest thing we can do is start to realise what the enemy is doing. Start to expose the schemes of the enemy to try and destroy you, try to take away your joy, try to steal your relationship with spouse, try to um, destroy your families, try to destroy your work, try to destroy your witness. So the enemy is doing everything he can to try and destroy you. Because when He destroys you, He brings defamation against the character of an incredible God. That our spiritual eyes would be opened, that we would see what the schemes of the enemy is doing. Understand the battle. Understand the battle, that the enemy is coming against you. Not what he does or whatever he does, but he always is coming against you. And the picture I've got in my mind is when, as a kid, I used to watch Cowboys and Indians. My favourite show, whenever there was a fort and there was always the, the Cowboys in the fort and we have the Indians trying to attack the fort. And what they had to do is do everything they can to hold that fort, to stop the enemy from getting into that fort. That's about what it's like today. That we gotta do everything to hold the fort, to hold the fort, to hold our mind strong against the lies that the enemy tries to tell us. The way that, as Lloyd talked so beautifully last week, a way, the way the enemy accuses you to say you're not good enough or you, God wouldn't love you because of that or God doesn't like you because that's happening. And He works in lies and hinders us 
from understanding that with God, by faith, all things are possible. So it's like that thought and trying to keep that thought and trying to keep the lies of the enemy out as he tries to penetrate. And it's so clearly talked about in Ephesians chapter 6, where it says, Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground against the schemes of the enemy. And then he says, stand firm with the belt of truth. The belt of truth is simply, that's the first thing he says, get your belt on, otherwise you're going to lose your pants. And if anyone goes in the battle and the pants fall down, they are done. First from embarrassment, second from whatever they kill them with. But it's really important to realise the truth sets you free. And there's so many lies that the enemy tries to play about us. His scheme is to try and undermine your faith. There may have been times that you've prayed about something. God hasn't answered the way that you want to he you want him to answer it. So what happens is you start to doubt him. You start to not believe him. You think, well, God. If you didn't answer that prayer, you can't answer this prayer. But the Bible says, with God, all things are possible. The God that created this universe out of nothing, can't He do absolutely anything? So the lies that we start to believe about ourselves, the lies that we start to believe about others, I wonder what lies are you believing this morning? And there wouldn't be a person here that hasn't been attacked by the enemy and he's tried to deposit a lie in your life about God, about yourself, about someone else, about the church, about the kingdom, about eternity, about the world. That's his job. That's, that's his number one forte is I sow lies and he sows lies in our lives. And last night at the end of the service, I had a word and the word was simply that the enemy shoots his um, arrows and he shoots his arrows in the people's hearts. And many people let those arrows go in their hearts because they haven't understood the word and they haven't understood the power of God and they haven't understood the character of God. And because there's been a slant on the character of God, what's happened is arrows have gone into your heart about yourself, about what you think about yourself or about God or about circumstances and situations. But the thing is we pray and say, God remove this arrow, but the arrow can't be removed by anyone else but you. You need to remove that arrow out of your heart by declaring it's a lie. When I was younger, I came to Christ. And when I came to Christ at 20, I had a bit of a complex about myself. I didn't think anyone would ever love me and I didn't ever feel as good as anybody else because of my upbringing, because of circumstances. And because of that, I lived a number of years as a Christian thinking I'm never as good as anybody else. I'd compare myself to everybody else and think I'm just not as good. Until I started to read the Bible and I realized in God's eyes, He doesn't have favorites. He doesn't have anyone better than anybody else. And then I realized I extracted the lie to say, that I'm not as good as anybody else. I realized that I am loved, that He's my God, and that I'm just as good and as loved as anybody else. And it made a difference because I started to believe the truth. When I started to extract the arrow, it made a difference. I had to fight that. I had to start declaring, God, I'm a child of yours. I'm absolutely loved by you. And I had to fight that battle in my mind because I had believed a lie to extract the arrow was 
realize it's a lie, declare that it's a lie, and then start to declare the truth in your heart to say, God, I now believe that I'm a child of God bought by the blood of Jesus, just like everybody else is bought, and I'm absolutely loved, just like everybody else is loved. And I'm gonna stand up and declare with everybody else that I've got a purpose, I've got a plan, and I'm called by a mighty God. And maybe for you today, you have to declare that. Expose the lies, start living in the truth and living in the opposite spirit. So don't allow those lies to penetrate. The next thing is a breastplate of righteousness. The battle we have with our, with our old self and our new self, the flesh and the spirit, the battle will go on till you see Jesus. But don't live in defeat. The enemy wants to say you'll never amount to anything. The enemy wants to say you're not good enough for God. That's why we have the breastplate of righteousness. It's His righteousness, His holiness that He wants us to wear and have on because when we fail, and not if we fail, but when we fail, let's get it right with God. Let's ask God's forgiveness. Let's take it to the cross. The cross is all about dealing with my mistakes, my battle, the things I've done wrong, the things I'm going to do in the wrong in the future. That's where I take it and deal with it in God and trust God to look after it for me that I'm cleansed. I'm bought by a beautiful price, the price of Jesus. And I stand up with the breastplate of righteousness on me because of Jesus. Today, we all need to stand up as we surrender our mistakes to the blood of Jesus at the cross. Stand up. I'm a child of God. I've got a right because of Jesus to stand here. Then he talks about the gospel of peace, the peace of God, the way God talks to us. He gives us peace in the midst of the circumstances. He gives us peace in the midst of the trials. There's a sense the gospel is all about. I'm wrapped up in God's love that He's paid a price for me. He loves me. He cares for me. And He's going to walk with me and look after me to eternity. That is peace. Allow the peace to touch your heart. Then it tells us, Take up the shield of faith. Man, the shield, the great big shield of faith in front of us. Faith to declare the enemy's got it wrong. God, you've got it right. Faith to step out in faith. Faith is something God's going to bless. Now, Peter, as he was on that water, he focused his faith onto Jesus. Beforehand, where was his faith? His faith had gone because he's looking at the waves, he's looking at the boat, he's looking at the storm and thinking, why isn't someone rescuing us? So his faith was all over the place. But the moment he saw Jesus coming across the water, he focused his faith. And as he focused his faith and said, I'm gonna ask Jesus, I'm gonna focus my faith on, faith on Jesus. He can do anything. I'm gonna ask Him, can I come to you? That's focused faith. And sometimes we don't have because we don't ask. We're wishing that God would do something. We're wishing that God would heal us. We're wishing that, that God would transform our circumstances. But we've never focused our faith to say, God, I'm going to start believing you to make a difference. God, I'm starting to believe you that you're going to turn what the enemy meant for evil. You're going to turn it around for good. I start to believe that. I start to pray into that and take steps of faith believing that. That's what focused faith is all about. It's so easy to stay in the boat. It's so easy to look at the boat and say, it's safer in the boat than out there. But the safest place to be is right in the centre of where Jesus wants you. 
So Peter gets out. Peter gets out of the boat, and as he gets out of the boat, he starts walking to Jesus. Awesome. One of the only guys that knew what it was to walk on water because he focused his faith and he asked Jesus. And as a younger Christian, I was walking along the beach down at Redcliffe. I was walking along the beach and I was thinking about this story. It was sunset, the sun was going down. I saw the water and the water was really calm. I said, Jesus, could I? (laughs) Have you ever asked him? Could I? Could I just walk out there? Didn't work. But I asked. And I'm going to be one one of those people where we get to heaven. I asked him. And that means something. And many people don't have because you've never asked him. Ask him. And it will make a difference. So Peter asked, he focused his faith, it made a difference. Prayer is about focusing our faith, believing God can do it, then ask Him. And that's what our service is about today as we bring this to a close in a couple of secs. That you've got the opportunity to ask Him. We've got our elders ready to pray for you for healing. We've got our prayer team ready to pray over you or a prophetic word that you may need because we believe in the power of prayer. We believe when you ask, it makes a difference. So then it says simply, the helmet of salvation, keep salvation on your head, cover your mind, keep your mind focused on what God wants, not what the devil wants. Focus on God, cover your mind, keep it protected from all the fiery darts of the evil one. Keep it protected and focus that God can do it. There's absolutely, there's, God has done amazing things and God will always do amazing things. And then the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, is the only thing that says, get out there and start to move forward with the Word of God. Declare the Word of God. If it's in the Word, believe it. If God says He's going to heal and it's in the Word, believe it. If God says He'll defeat the enemy, it's in the Word, believe it. If God says He's going to build His church and it's in the Word, believe it. If God said He set a beautiful place for you for eternity, believe it because it's in the Word. And focused faith takes all these things and focuses on Jesus and said, Jesus, I'm going to step out. I'm going to trust you and I'm going to believe it. And how do we know, just help me with this one. How do we know that a person could possibly walk on water? How do we know? Because the Bible says one particular night, one guy got out of his comfort zone and said, Jesus, can I do it? Everyone else sat in the boat and they missed it. And sometimes that's us. It's so easy to sit in the crowd because I might be embarrassed, because my pride won't allow me to ask, because I won't step forward, because I just don't want to annoy God. Prayer. And faith is about doing. It's about stepping out, believing God can do it, and saying, God, I want to position myself to see you at work.